In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the And welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England Zone Van Helsink. And with me is not Ann. Uh, for those who do not know, uh, Ann's husband uh, was in a pretty serious car accident, so... She's taking care of business where she should be, so I will be doing the show here with uh, a member of the New England Ghost Project, Karen Ruck. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Late again. <laughs> Sorry. You think you got to get away with that? No way. <laughs> well, I don't know what happened. I was waiting by the phone. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, Carol is one of the newest members of the New England Ghost Project, and we just completed a uh, interesting uh, weekend uh, with uh, Mark Nesbitt from uh, Gettysburg. Yeah, yeah, he was really he was a good speaker. Very interesting. Right, and uh, oh, by the way, you are listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation live on Pararex. Tojinet, Ghost Channel, and beyond. So, uh, yeah, now I've got to try to keep track of all these f- screens because I have the chat room here and the Pararex chat room and the stack and everything else. It's going to drive me nuts. So if I'm distracted, what else is no? But anyways, uh, yeah, Mark was a, uh, a great speaker. And... Uh, Where'd you go? Are you there? I'm there. Are you there? Just get it out of here. Okay. What is going on? You there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah. Are you hearing anything at all? I hear you. Okay. It's really weird. Really weird because all I got was like buzzing on the line. So that was really weird. Oh, Oh, well. Okay. Well, Mark was we'll a really right good along. speaker, <laughs> and he's got a good kind of man. Ian must be cursing me up a, stir- a storm. That's what it is. And anyways, um, like yeah, over this past weekend, we did Ghost Hunt at the Old Man's, and, uh, of course, a cruise up in Portsmouth, and then finally dining with the dead on Monday. And uh, it, it was good. It was great weather. And good participants. Yeah, 
great participants. Everybody had a real good time. Uh, got some great shots on the cruise, which was nice. And, and Mark has a ton of stories. That's what I like about Mark. He's been doing this for so long. He's one of the original ghost hunters. And, uh, you know, especially with a, a laboratory like uh, Gettysburg. And speaking about uh, somebody who's been doing this for a long time, we have a guest online, too, I see, Karen. And it is none other than my favorite redheaded psychic, uh, Jane Doherty. Hi, Ron. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. And and Jane, Jane. Joining, joining us is Karen Ruck. She she is filling in for Ann because Ann's husband uh, had a uh, a car accident, so she's got to take care of business. Wow. Hi there. So, Hi. So send uh, lots of uh, healing energy out that way. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's that's a shame. So but for we'll those do. who don't know Jane. Jane has uh, been a psychic for as long as I've been a ghost hunter, probably longer. And uh, and she used to have the TV show uh, Dead Tenants, which uh, is still being played in Europe and other places. And she works quite a bit with the Crystal Skulls. Uh, she has three, I believe, and also has a psychic belly, which is always interesting. So um, you'll be coming up to uh, SpurQuest in July with us, correct? Oh, yes. I'm looking very forward to it. And it's funny because I, I just uh, spoke to someone today, and and they were saying uh, they were going. One of the reasons they were going because they wanted to see the midnight seance on Saturday night, and I believe you're going to be leading that with your uh, buddies, the uh, Crystal Skulls. Yes, I am. It should be very interesting. Uh, you know that uh, unusual things usually happen in my seances. Absolutely. And I'm sure there should be some unusual things happening you know, where we're going. Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> and especially when you deal with the, the crystal skulls because they, they just focus so much energy. And in fact, uh, Karen and I had a uh, an experience with the crystal skull, didn't we, Karen? Yeah, we actually had one come through during table tipping. Oh, wow. Okay. What happened? Well, Ron seems to have Poncho as a guide to help him and ended up breaking the table leg of the the table. <laughs> oh, isn't that interesting? <laughs> it wasn't too funny for the uh, Teresa Alley. <laughs> I felt mm-hmm. bad for her. Just go out and buy a new table now. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, no, they they have a incredible kind of energy and in seances uh the way I use them it it also creates a resonance of energy. So you become one big circle sort of like a telephone line to the other side. And the crystal skulls also help with that energetically. Wow. So uh that's what facilitates it forming. But uh you just never know what's going to go on. <laughs> so you've been working with the Crystal Skulls for quite a while now, haven't you? Yes. Uh, I have them since 1987 and oh. began working with them somewhere around 1994. 
Before that, I used to use a stone that I called a spirit stone because a face formed in it. It's a, a stone that comes from Brazil and found only in Brazil on the top of a mountain there. And the water encapsulated in it for billions of years. And it began to form a face. And then the face became stronger once the crystal skulls came into my life. Wow. And so uh, then I started to use the, the crystal skulls. It's sort of like there was a transfer. The face is still there, but it seems to be almost as though there was a transfer of energy and, and the skulls were activated. So I began to use them. And Jane, you've had them for so many years. Have you ever misplaced or forgotten your crystal skull or left it in a cabinet? <laughs> I know where that's going. <laughs> never, 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 never. Uh, I'm extremely careful. I rarely lose anything. Um, but no, they they've been with me, and I've never, you know, never misplaced them. They, the, the thing about mine is that they're a smaller size, so the one is the size of a softball, and the other one is a little bit smaller, so the, the bigger one is about close to five pounds. So what makes it convenient, I mean, even on airplanes, things like that, it goes into a case that goes into my pocketbook. Yeah. So it's always with me. It's by my side. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really funny because uh, one of the crystal skulls, uh, Pancho, mm-hmm. uh, I did happen to uh, meet and uh, that was at Circles of Wisdom in Andover, and we did a live radio show with him, which was really interesting. Uh, the controls were actually moving by themselves. Uh, <laughs> there was all kinds of energy at the fairways, and, and I thought it was kind of funny because when I started this show, I started getting uh, a lot of buzzing on the line and everything else in, in the beginning, so I was wonder if that had something to do with you, Jane. Uh, I wasn't sure right then, or maybe that was Marshall just trying to uh, welcome you. Very possible. I mean, there are things that go on. There is, there's no question about it, you know, some unusual things. And people, I, I know when I'm doing a reading with them, there are people that begin to feel a pulsating energy. They start to vibrate, and people will feel that. And a lot of times I deal with people that are, how do I say it, mainstream public in doing a reading, so they're not in the metaphysical field. They don't know anything about the metaphysical field except they're coming to me for a reading. They have questions in their lives. So when that happens to someone who has no knowledge, it's, it's really funny, you know, to see their reaction to what's going on. But they do give off a powerful amount of energy. Yes, they do. And uh, Karen, you were there. Were you there when we did the broadcast? I uh, no. Okay, but you weren't there from circles. Okay, so that was, that was kind of interesting. But uh, as it turns out, uh, Pancho uh, ended up going missing. He went A O W. Yeah, I know. Yeah, A W O L or whatever it is. Whatever it is, I know something. And it's really kind of sad because yeah. To this day, I guess we do not know where he is. No, he has no idea where it is. And that is sad because as a Crystal Skull Guardian, uh, I I would be devastated if something happened uh, to my skull. So I could imagine how Mario feels with that, losing uh, Poncho. Yeah. And the interesting... Go ahead, Karen. Um, Jane, are you in contact with all of the Crystal Skull Guardians? 
I'm in contact with a lot of them because I'll be doing the 12-12-12 Crystal Skull Conference again in uh, Miami and on a cruise. So I do contact with a lot of them, and there'll be um, new ones uh, this year with us because of a um, famous muralist from Mexico is joining us, and he has eight or nine crystal skulls that are authenticated by the Mexican government. He's gotten permission to take them out of the country to come with us to be at, at, you know, the ceremony at the Miami Circle where uh, an indigenous grandmother will be, and then in Cozumel at the um, ruin there, which is very feminine. It's to bring in the feminine energy, and there'll be two other indigenous grandmothers meeting us there for these ceremonies. So it's, uh, I, I get chills thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, I get, I, 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 I get uh, a little confused, though, because originally I thought there was only 13 of the ancient crystal no. skulls. That was a myth that was started, and I think it started with um, a Native American. I, for, I forgot who it is, but in, in one of the Native American cultures, it started with that there were 13 large-sized crystal skulls. Uh-huh. Now, within the Mayan community, they did not feel that. They they feel that there could be as many as 52 because oh. of the number, the way they use numbers, and that it could be possible that there's several sets of 13 where you have groups of 13 and not just 13. So wow. it, it was a myth that okay. was promoted and everybody just picked up on it. But uh, it, it's not, you know, true that there's just 13. But there are different types of crystal skulls. I mean, there are yes. the ones with the movable jaws, for instance. Yes. There is the uh, Mitchell Hedges with the movable jaw. And there is another one that surfaced, um, Compassion, I believe it's called. So there are different types. And there are different styles of them. Some of them look and are anatomically uh, anatomically correct, mm-hmm. and others aren't. Um, my skull is unusual in the sense of its its uh, features. It looks a lot like the amethyst skull ma, and what it does have is on the sides of it there's elongated, uh, sort of like indentations, and it looks like it's got a helmet on. And then the other unusual feature is it actually has a triangle for a nose with a little bit of a lip to it. And what is also unusual is it has three rows of teeth. Really? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's what's unusual about uh, Maya, mine, the two of them, is the style. Three rows of teeth. Is it alien? Um. Well, it's kind of interesting because I did some research trying to determine why does it have three rows of teeth. And, of course, if you think back to ancient times, they would have to be making them in, uh, you know, for some reason to look that way. And what I did uncover is that in the uh, in ancient days, whoever had three rows of teeth was considered to be a superhero. And Hercules supposedly had three rows of teeth or was depicted that way. Oh, that's odd because I have three oh, wow. rows of teeth. <laughs> well, you have three teeth. 
<laughs> Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and then they also uh saying that your um amphibious god that came from Sirius, Sirius B. It all goes back to that. So when you say alien, it's possible <laughs> based on that. So and it wouldn't surprise me because you know, I do have a um E T, whatever you want to call it, uh mm-hmm. as a guide. So really? yes. So it, it so it makes sense to me that I would have this and it all this guide supposedly also comes from Sirius B. And I've you know, that's been twenty five years ago is what was it was determined at that time. And of course, once these skulls came into my possession, six months after they were in my possession, I had a UFO experience, and then that's when my psychic belly started to happen. Oh, that I didn't know. No. That's... What, was, what was the UFO experience? I um, I was teaching a course, and believe it or not, it was on stress management, <laughs> and I was leaving the adult school, and I turned on a street that would take me right into my town. And then I found myself 45 minutes later, missing time, on a street, coming out of a trance, driving my car. I had no idea what happened to me. I was trance-like, confused. Uh, I found out later that it would have taken eight turns for me to get to where I was, where I wound up. And so what happened is I went for a regression. A a psychiatrist friend who was part of the Jersey Society of Parapsychology at that time Uh insisted I go through a regression. And I'm very grateful that she also insisted that it be tape recorded and videotaped because I wouldn't have done it. I know that. And so what happened is my car and me were both picked up. It was just beamed right up. And in it were two aliens. One was, they were grays, one was tall, and one was short. And I was put on the table, I was being strapped on the table, and a helmet was being put over my head. Uh, They were coming with their eyes because I saw a man in the ship that was tied up. So I thought there was going to be something that they were going to force. But uh, they said no. They calmed me with my eyes, and they were putting energy into me in order to um, – the way they explained it, it was energy that, that would help to change people around me, would, uh, would give people energy from being put into me. Uh, so it was a very different experience, and, you know, I, I, I kind of held on to it for years. And, you know, they gave me information about how they were coming, and there would be different uh, levels of it before they would actually come. They were giving us signs in order to prepare us, and then by a certain date, if we weren't prepared, it, it didn't matter. They were coming anyway at that hmm. point. Now, I was never frightened by it. And it seemed to be right after that is when it I mean, like within a month of this encounter, and I hadn't known, I hadn't had the regression yet, um, I went on my first scientific ghost investigation at the time, and that's the first time the stomach um, went out. So, you know, in looking back in hindsight, sometimes, you know, you don't know it when you're going through it, but in hindsight and you start to map it out, you begin to see the pattern. And that the crystal skull came into my life, the the face 
on the stone, uh, put a smile and a nose on it. Greetings. It was like I had no choice after that. And it's only recently that someone had sent me a link to the various types of um, UFO encounters. And when I looked at it, there was one, which is the only one that is the good one, is exactly what went on with me. And when I looked at that image, I was startled because it was exactly that, a short one and a, and a tall one and a table with a helmet on. And I just shocked when I saw that. It was like, oh, my God. So it's interesting. It's interesting. It's probably wow, do you think is- they're uh, drawing you to Egypt? Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> I see that you've had that awesome event coming up. Uh, yes, I do believe that that's what's going on. Uh, in 1996, I was told I had to go to Egypt. Uh, there was a spiritual messenger in the flesh that had come into my life and was guiding me and giving me information about what's supposed to be happening about now and that I was supposed to pay attention to when I had a very strong urge to go to Egypt or they you were just arranging it. Pardon? So you haven't been before? No, never been before. And then this opportunity came up, but it actually, it seemed to be I was uh, alerted to it in a dream in October where I was leading people in the Great Sphinx. But I I didn't realize that I was going to actually be doing a tour. I just felt I was part of something. And, you know, they were following me into the pyramid, and then instead I'm... I'm leading it. It's going to be the first ever seance done in the Great Pyramid and a couple of temples in the Sphinx. And tour participants will be participating in it. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be incredible. And I don't know if people even realize this about it, that in some of the research that I'm doing is that Jesus, Moses, and various other major figures all were initiates all went through the Great Pyramid, and then immediately following it, they started their ministry, and supposedly that's where they got information that they, you could speak to God in the, in the pyramid in a certain uh, vortex of energy. Huh. And when I, with the, you know, with the things that I'm reading now, I just get chills. I get chills. And I'll be teaching courses. It's designed so people are also opening up their psychic ability. Uh, they'll be going in there doing a ghost investigation. They'll be taking EVPs, things like this, and then uh, doing the seance. And, of course, it'll be all private time. We have uh, private time, and we have permission to go inside the Sphinx where um, no, you know, the public is not allowed to go. Wow, that is so cool. So it's going to be quite a, a an experience. You need to carry your bags. Look <laughs> <laughs> at the camel. Show us the camel. And uh, we're going to be on a camel think, too. Yeah. We're going that to go sounds so awesome, Jane. It really does. It just the, seems the phenomenal. The camel ride is going to be in the morning, where we are at the pyramids at sunrise. So we're going to wow. see the sunrise, just to, and we're going to be in the uh, pyramid at uh, the spring equinox, which is the most sacred spiritual time of the year. So it's all wow. coordinated to 
something. And that date got changed, so I think the other side has maneuvered this to this date. Really? So that, that yes. it would fall in the equinox, huh? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, because it was originally going to be in January, beginning of January, and then it was going to be in February, and only last Thursday did it all get changed to the uh, – the equ- to the spring equinox. It's wow. amazing. It's just like, oh my God. <laughs> it's just, it's Things crazy. actually work for a reason. It's it's strange how they, they do, like you're led in at times. Uh, yes, you know, I, I do certainly believe that. But I think, can you just imagine though? I mean, Ron, you know what happens to me in a seance and mm-hmm. my stomach going out and the things that can happen. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine what's going to happen in the Great Pyramid. Right. We may never see you again. (laughs) No, no. They might beat you up to Alpha Centauri or something. (laughs) They might beat me up. (laughs) (laughs) That skull could unlock another dimension. Yes. That's another thing. There there has not ever been uh, one of the ancient skulls in the pyramid. And, of course, I'm using it in a way like the Mayans used it in ancient cultures, like an oracle. You know, I'm summoning the gods with it. The, the, you know. Are you searching for the hall records? Uh, yes. Uh, that's my own personal um, <laughs> thing because that was something I was given years ago. And there is something uh, where I am supposed to look inside the Sphinx for a certain symbol. And I'll be searching because I don't think there's anything written inside the things, but I'll be looking um, in the stones because there's a, a certain symbol, and if I see it in the position that I'm in in the Sphinx, I'm going to know something. It, it's an area. And of course, after the Mayan calendar finishes, uh, that's, that's what... That's right. Of course, if we're all here by then. No, we will be. That, that's, <laughs> no, no, we don't have to worry about that. <laughs> um so when the Mayan calendar ends, it really is the beginning of, it's almost like giving permission for the sacred knowledge to be returned, is what's happening. So at that point in time, hopefully more and more people are going to be turning a little bit more inward at that point, because that's what we need to do. And then the real culmination, and what I'm, I'm now uh, understanding, is at the just right after the spring uh, equinox in the very end of March. It's almost like that's when the fifth sun comes in. So if the, the knowledge, sacred knowledge can come in, it gives permission. So it's sort of like going into the the Great Pyramid the, the, of Egypt and that that might give permission for that knowledge to come back. And well, so we're going to have to carry on after the break because I can hear the, my heart beat, 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 beat. So... Uh, <laughs> It's time to take a break. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation right here on TojiNet, Pararex, Ghost Channel, and Beyond. Our special guest is Jane Doughty, and we're also here with uh, Karen Ruck. We'll be right back after the following messages. Welcome to TojiNet, radio with a cutting edge. Why do I feel so lousy? Why are my medications working? Why can't my doctor figure me out? These are just a few of the questions Dr. Kevin Connors will be exploring in Dr. Kevin Connors Live on Toginet.com. The author of the book, Help My Body is Killing Me, 
Solving the connections of autoimmune disease to thyroid problems, fibromyalgia, depression, ADD, ADHD, and more. He'll dig into these and many other conditions to dissect the mechanisms of your problems. Giving God the glory and looking for answers to make you look and feel better. To make you feel whole again. For more on him, his book, and the show, check out UpperRoomWellness.com. Never be satisfied with a diagnosis. There is always a reason behind it. And if you can alter the mechanisms that led you down your current path, we can change your future. It's Dr. Kevin Connors, live here on Togginet.com. And we are back. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with, I was going to say uh, Carrigan, but... Uh, not tonight. Uh, Karen Ruck and New England's own Van Helsink, Ron Kolick, a very special guest, Jane Dory, right here on Tojanet, Parax, Ghost Channel, and Beyond. And once again, uh, my heart goes out to Anne, who's going, got her hands full right now. Her husband had a serious car accident, and uh, he'll be okay, but uh, it's going to be tough. So there you go. Anyways, uh, we are speaking with Jane Doherty, and we were talking about Egypt, but uh, I also want to mention a, a really cool thing that, that Jane and I will be doing together, and that's going to be uh, Spirit Quest coming up on July 27th, 28th, and 29th, and Karen will be there as well, and hopefully Anne, hopefully Anne will be there, and uh, that's really kind of a unique event. There's never been an event like this in the U.S. Uh, we start the, the three-day event off with a psychic versus science ghost hunt, which is going to be interesting. Uh, we have, in addition to Jane coming over, we have, uh, oh, God, let's see, it's the, the new guy. Um, originally, supposed to be Brian Shepard, but Brian Shepard is in hospital. A lot of them are dropping in the hospital nowadays. But we have now the U.K.'s top young psychic, and that is uh, Ross Bartlett. And this kid is phenomenal as a psychic. They say he not only tells you which street you live on, gives you the zip code and the host number. So there you go. Well, it'll be interesting. He's got more tattoos than I have uh, gray hair. So there you go. Uh, and also Cal Cooper, who wrote the, the, the book, Phone Calls from the Dead, and Jane, I think you might be interested in this. Uh, I've been uh, talking to Cal on uh, Ghost Chronicles International Show because he's my co-host now mm-hmm. over there. And he has been able to look at these devices uh, that were invented in the late 1800s, early 1900s, including supposedly some of them by uh, the, the lab assistants of uh, Thomas Edison. And they're really interesting things. And he's going to uh, be able to give a presentation on some of these devices that they've discovered. Uh, these have just recently been discovered, taken out of a special, uh, I, I hate to say museum, but uh, I guess that's kind of what it is, where, where they are kept. And he's had the opportunity to work with them. And I think that's really amazing. That's really interesting. And you know, uh, you know, we we all have all these fancy devices that we're coming up with nowadays, and some of them good, and some of them I don't know about, but they're all out there, anyways. Uh, do you work with any of those devices that are out there, Jane? No, I haven't. Um, yeah. You know, when you're a medium, you, you do what you do. Right. Uh, I haven't worked with them yet. I'm sure that in the future I'll probably dabble a little bit just to see. 
right. uh, you know, what I experienced. I think mm-hmm. when I did the program for you several years ago, we had something there in Massachusetts in 2007. Oh, my God. Yeah. If you that remember, it was a while ago. Yeah. So there was a device there that we were demonstrating with and, you know, playing with at the end of the uh, conference. Oh, right. That was actually Mike Markowitz's, uh, the Mike's Tube, I believe it was. Uh, I think. Uh, it's been a, a while, like you said, 2017. You know, how many events and, and investigations oh, yeah, I've yeah. done? <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh, I know. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> You can't ask me what's happened at a, a seance I've done even a week ago because I, I, I know isn't that funny? I mean, you get you, there's so many paranormal groups out there. It's like we've been here uh, for three years now. It's like oh my god, I wish I was three years. It seems like forever. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and I was a late bloomer myself in 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 the uh, industry. I mean, uh, you were around way be- before me and uh, Jeff Belanger and Lloyd Arbach and. Uh, Troy Taylor and, you know, Zaffis and, you know, all the, the original guys, uh, of course, Hans Holzer and, mm-hmm. and, the, and those guys as well. But uh, I always have to laugh, though, because a lot of people say, you know, oh, we don't use psychics. We don't use psychics. You know, we all, it's never been proven they can do anything else. And we, we go back to the basics. We You know, what, what, what basics? You know, like the, yeah. the real stuff, like Hans Holzer used to work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Hans Holzer, hello, Civil yeah. Week, ever hear of that? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly, and and Hans was, actually Hans was my idol mm-hmm. uh, when I began, and then years later, uh, I had the honor of being named by him as one of the top 20 psychics, so that's, right. uh, that's you know, to me, that that was just phenomenal, and, you know, he did things in, in a certain way, and, and the way... When I said scientific ghost investigations, the way we did them years ago is you would take a psychic in. You would take maybe more than one at different times, and you didn't tell the psychic where you were going uh, until you gave the psychic instructions to leave to come to where the house is. And you would get there, and the uh, researcher would have a, a, a map of the house, a black map, and a map that the family had already filled out, indicating where they have experienced spirit energy. And then the psychic walks through, and she marks down where she feels the psychic, um, where the spirit energy is. Right. And then you put the two together to see if they overlap. That's one of the ways that you you used it to pinpoint where uh, ghost activity was. Right, and the parapsychologists do that, too, as well. I mean, Karen, when I remember working with Karen O'Keefe, he used to do that. Uh, right, Karen? Yeah. You actually have people walk around with notebooks and do the impression. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I, I noticed we had a, a question in the chat room from John, who, and he wanted to know what happened to Brian Shepard. Uh, for those who don't know, Brian Shepard, uh, he was supposed to come over to the States uh, last year, and he had a, a, a massive heart attack and was in the hospital. And unfortunately, this year, uh, it's, he's had kind of a relapse, so he will not be coming over. Instead, we do have uh, Ross Bartlett, like I said, who is uh, the top uh, UK young uh, psychic 
medium, and the, the guy is uh, phenomenal. So we're, I think it's going to be. So we just actually added another little twist to it. Not only is it British versus Yanks and uh, science versus psychic, but now it's also youth versus experience as well. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know what side I'm going to be on? <laughs> yes. So, uh, uh, Jane, I mean, when you when you do your seances, and, and I've I've been been lucky enough to to go to a few of them, uh, or at least a couple of them, uh, it's always different. And can you do you have one that really stands out the most in your mind? Uh, well, sure, the uh, Lizzie Borden seance oh. at the Lizzie Borden House. Mm-hmm. Uh, that stands out yeah. <laughs> very very. <laughs> You know, in my mind, mm-hmm. could, and and what happened there? I went with the Philadelphia Inquirer, and we were locked in the place. This was in 1999, and during the séance, what happened is um, Lizzie Bo- the Abby Borden came through in a séance, and it's it's like my body actually released her from the trauma because I was I, I had to stand up. I was being pulled to stand up. I guess it's better to explain it that way. And I was twisting and trying, you know, to sit down, and it, the, the voice was coming through me. It was like I was going into a trance. So that one was very, very different. In fact, going there, the Philadelphia Inquirer asked me if they could get me into the OJ house, would I go? And I said yes. After this, I said no. Because this is the first time I had done a seance in a house where a murder had taken place. So I think that's, you know, what happened. The other seance that's, you know, more normal as far as just with, with people and not in a, in a famous place, this sticks out in my mind simply because there's no way, any way I could have read any person's mind uh, because what came through in the seance was the names um Let's see, it was Grace and uh, Mike. And absolutely no one could relate to those names. And no matter how I tried, uh, I still, you know, they uh, they wouldn't relate to it. And then the spirit just kept coming in, and finally what I'm seeing is I'm seeing uh, crumbling gravestones. But still nobody knew what I was talking about. So I, I couldn't go further with it. A couple of days later, I got a call from the girl that had attended the seance. And her friend, Mike's father died. And Mike's girlfriend, Grace, was handling the funeral arrangements. And what happened is he could not be buried where he was supposed to be because there was vandalism to the cemetery and the gravestones were all crumbled. Oh, wow. So that really sticks out in my mind because it was just, I mean, I'm analytical when I do these things too. So there was just no way that I could have um, picked that up in anybody's mind because nobody knew about it that was in the seance. So it was, it was interesting. It was very interesting in that. In that. Wow. That's uh, it, it, It's so funny uh, that you mentioned Elizabeth Berry because there's a lot of people that, have so many different theories of you know who the murderers were, and uh, and quite a few different mediums have different people killing uh, the father and the and the uh, stepmother or the mother and the whatever it is. Uh, but it, it's interesting. You it, mind? It's what, 
came through, as I said, was Abby Borden, and she told me that Lizzie did not do it. And who did it was the uncle, uh, the uncle of the real mother. Uh, he had some kind of a some kind of a business that ran. I don't know what it was, but he hired a hired hand, and that's who committed the deed. And the sister was involved in it, but but the murder was pinned on Lizzie. And what a lot of people don't know is that Lizzie was partly retarded. Really? Yeah. So she was. Now that's a fact. That 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 part is fact. It was did not mm-hmm. come through psychically. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that that she's partly retarded. So at that point in time, it would be very easy to pin the uh, murder on her. And she giggled at the top of the steps when she saw her um, uh, stepmother in that in the one bedroom uh, dead. And that's the EVP I do have on my website of her giggling, and that's what she did when she saw it. And that's what they hear a lot at the top of those steps, you know, in the bedroom area. Hmm. Karen, have you ever been to the Lizzie Borden house? I have. I think it was in 99. <laughs> oh, was it really? It was only yeah, opened I, up, I, I think, the summer before. On a, I, mm. I know I stayed on a Friday the 13th. Did you really? Yeah. Well, that's the day we did the seance. Oh, yeah, I'm minute. kind of vaguely remembering that um, somebody was either coming in or going or about to come in on the next Friday the thirteenth or previous. So it could have been that that was vaguely remember May, you was coming in. Yeah, on Friday the thirteenth, June thirteenth, nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, I think I was in a, like October or later in that year in the fall. Mm-hmm. Because remember, it was, a, it was a different owner at that point than it is yeah. now. And yeah, yeah, the print studio there. Yeah, the printer is the printing studio is definitely going on. So, Karen, when you were there, did you have any experiences yourself? Um, I know we did the Ouija board there, and I think oh. that I know. You're right. <laughs> You're right. Everyone else, everyone else there that night, because you you go into um, the owner leaves, so mm-hmm. you have the house to yourself at the time. That's how I did it. Um, I, I'm not sure if we got anything. I think we just kept thinking we're picking up on like the maid. A maid was coming through or something, and not not too much activity, but we didn't think that Lizzie had done it. There's a lot of activity in the house. It was very active when we were there, and even on the, I think it's the third floor, which we only, we didn't stay in that floor, but we just went up there quickly. Right. Uh, there's a lot, a lot of activity, and in fact, the room that was um, Andrew Borden's room, I slept in that room and there was a bat in the corner that would keep falling down which is is an activity that goes on but what did happen is while I was lying on the bed it started to shake and my stomach expanded and it was like I was uh, rising from the the uh, bed and everybody was around me they were all mm-hmm. seeing they're screaming <laughs> <laughs> And nobody, it was so funny because we were all supposed to sleep in different rooms uh, upstairs, and then nobody, including the um, the women from the Philadelphia Inquirer, would, would do that. They all went in the room next to me, they kept the door open, and they all just slept on the floor uh, because nobody, everybody was afraid. And if when they had to go to the bathroom, they came and they got me. <laughs> it wouldn't go away. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Un- unsettling. 
And it's, it's funny. So you were pressed into bathroom duty? There. Yes, yes, absolutely. And then who was there was a, a radio disc jockey from Rhode Island who was real macho, and he was like, you know, teasing, that kind of a thing. And in the seance, his mother came through and yelled at him for not getting rid of the truck yet. And he almost, you know, died at that because he had promised her that, that he was going to get rid of the truck before she died. And he hadn't huh. done it yet. And then about 4 in the morning, I got an urge to go down the steps in the basement. And the radio disc jockey, he followed me and one of the reporters. And while I was down there, what happened is my stomach expanded. The radio disc jockey tried to take my picture. The camera wouldn't work, and he knew that it was the spirit that was jamming the camera. And then he just burst out crying. Oh, <laughs> he got so scared. Poor baby. <laughs> and I was absolutely delighted. <laughs> well, anyways, we actually have to take a break right now, and we have to listen to another episode from my favorite girl, Vara Ventura, and another episode of Beyond Bizarre. of Nevada County, California, a little haunted hotel on the corner, and the historic town of Nevada City, California, high in the Sierra foothills on the corner of Broad and Pine Streets, there is a small hotel with a big history. Owner Katie Bennett, who bought the U.S. Hotel in 2002, has heard strange noises and mysterious sounds regularly, and so have her patrons. The odd occurrences include knocking noises, steps that sound like someone is right outside your door, and lights that flicker on and off. The most common thing Bennett hears is laughter, accompanied by music and footsteps, as if someone is dancing. So it was no surprise to her when a team of paranormal investigators caught the sound of a laughter and footsteps on tape. The recordings included a man calling out for someone named Olga, the sound of boots on hardwood floors, and popping and knocking noises. You can visit NorCalGhostHunters.com, click on EVPs and links, and then scroll down to U.S. Hotel B&B to hear the evidence for yourself. A ghostly image. In January of 2007, the Union, the local paper for Nevada County, California, reported that a ghostly face had appeared in a photograph. The photo had been taken at the historic Skidmore House, one of a dozen or so original homes still standing in North Bloomfield, a mining town that is now part of the Malakoff Diggins State Historic Park. Sonny Lopez, the park's maintenance mechanic, had moved to the park in July of 2006. He and his wife wanted window treatments that had an old-time feel, and so one afternoon Lopez took several photographs of Skidmore House and its windows. Later, when he went home to show the photos to his wife, he noticed that the otherwise empty home was perhaps not so empty. In one of the photos was a figure that looked like a woman with long hair pulling back the curtain and looking back out at him. You can view the photograph yourself in the Union's online archives at theunion.com. Do a search for ghostly photographs and see what appears. The Ghost in the Flame Originally built as a firehouse, a necessary building in a gold rush town of shacks and temporary structures, the Firehouse Number 2 in Nevada City, California is now a historical museum. Visitors and employees alike have reported hearing footsteps in an otherwise empty room, as well as feeling sudden temperature changes, cold spots, and a general thickening of the atmosphere. 
Some witnesses claim to have seen the ghost of a Victorian woman who searches through cabinets and a female piano player from a nearby whorehouse. A few visitors have even cited a group of Chinese men standing around a shrine, a testimony to the Chinese population that contributed to Nevada City's early growth. Terrifying Tales from the Book of the Bazaar, available wherever books are sold. Listen to the Ghost Chronicles Next Generation right here on TojiNet, Pararex, Ghost Channel, and Beyond. This is my girl, Vala. It's a great book, so if you ever have a chance to pick them up, uh, you just, it's Beyond Bizarre and the Book of Bizarre, and they're just awesome. There's, there's always something interesting in it. Anyways, uh, we are talking with uh, psychic medium Jane Doherty, and uh, also with me is Karen Ruck, I think. Yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> I was dead silence there for a moment. <laughs> so, J- Jane, have you ever come this far north in New England before? I know you said you went to uh, Fall River at the Lizzie Borden House, but have you come up the coast uh, to my neck of the woods? Um, I've been to Marblehead. I've been up to Marblehead. I've been to Salem. In okay. fact, in Salem, and that that goes probably in the, I would say in the early 90s, I went to the House of the Seven Gables. Oh, yeah. And and what happened is um, in the birthing room of Nathaniel Hawthorne, my stomach expanded. There was a spirit in there, and it's a tiny little room. And my daughter was 16 at the time with her girlfriend, and they were thoroughly embarrassed trying to stand in front of me <laughs> uh, because we were on a tour. And it's a tiny room. I didn't want to say, hurry up, get out of the way. There's a spirit. And once they exited the room, I went up, and then I was able to move and release my stomach, get out of the spirit energy. And I asked the guide if there had ever been any spirit activity up there. And he said yes, and he asked me if I thought it was a male or a female, and I said a female is what I received. And he said that's what's seen as a female up there in that room. And I also was in the, I don't know, I think, the museum where there is a beam that is the original beam at the time of the witch trials. I don't know what building that was in, but I had a tough time in that room because somewhere during the the lecture, again, a spirit came and my stomach was expanded, and that and I realized I was standing right under the original beam. And the problem there was I couldn't release the spirit. No matter what I did, I would walk and it would just come right back into me. And so I couldn't leave the building until I was sure that I could make it stay. So it took me a while to be able to release it. That's never happened. So uh, that was uh, very different for me. It's uh, Salem is definitely an interesting town. I mean, the ghost adventures were just in there with uh, Christian Day and uh, Kelly Spangler, who will also be at Sparrowcrest on July 27th through the 29th with us. She's a Salem witch, and uh, they contacted uh, Bridget, Bridget Bishop, which was kind of interesting. Mm. And, and I mean, it, it's. 
so many interesting places, and and the the uh, the place that we're holding this special event, by the way, is also haunted, of course, too. Uh, mm-hmm. That's where I, I hold my paranormal CSI classes, and we've got had some great results uh, in that place as well. As Karen, you've been there before, right? I have, and aren't you the only team that's investigated it as well? Right. No one else yeah. has really investigated that place before. No, no one. No one has. It used to be the summer home of uh, a, a Havel industrialist, and uh, it's it's cool. It's not, there's much more history in that though, and uh, it's definitely got a lot of vibe there. Nothing bad though, which is good. But the Lizzie Borden house uh, definitely has some real negative energy. I, yeah. I think, anyways. Yeah, I don't know if you're aware of down in the basement the paint. Mm-hmm. Is uh, has got arsenic in it. Are you aware really? Of that? No. Yes. Um, there was there's arsenic, and that's the way they made the paint at that time. So when we went down there and I did the investigation, uh, we had to make sure we washed our hands very carefully afterwards. Now, when you think of it, a tiny piece of of a paint chip, you could probably put in someone's hot coffee, mm-hmm. and and you know break it up so nobody would see it. So it's right. always a possibility that something like that was done at the time of the murder, too. Right. Actually, the, you could get arsenic in a lot of ways, and uh, people get poison; they don't even know it. For instance, apple orchards uh, uh, have use a lot of uh, used to use a lot of uh, arsenic. Uh, so it, sometimes, mm-hmm. if you eat apples and they're not properly cleaned, or if it gets in the water uh, system, you can slowly be uh, poisoned. Wow. Yeah, so it's, you know, certainly um, possible that something like that could happen. But it does have um, some dark energy in it. And I think it's just because it may even be because the murder took place there and not, not released fully and what can be there and hanging around. So... Um, I would think twice about doing a seance in a place where the murder actually took place. I'd have to prepare myself because anything could happen. Right. Uh, uh, when I do a seance, like what happened in the Lizzie Borden house. Right. I mean, that's the other thing too. Is is a lot of people think that you know they. Well, there's the bell, which means the pizza's here, so we got to wrap it up. <laughs> but uh, anyways, uh, I believe it was the person that lived in the house next to the Lizzie boy that actually killed all her children, drowned them all. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's so there's a, too. a lot of uh, there, there's other stories too that are associated with that area. And the basement he used as a um, embalming place, mortuary. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, I can't find any evidence of that at all, uh, Jane. I, I, I tried to find that, but uh, most people don't believe that. Oh, okay. Uh, that that was told to me. Not psychically, it was the historian that was there. Really? Uh, that, yeah, filling in the he information. Made, he was a woodworker. He made uh, coffins, but it wasn't a... Uh, what I understand, anyways, but you know, I could be wrong too, so it doesn't really. So, anyways, we're just about out of time. I do want to ask you if you have anything coming up you would like to mention. Well, I was going to mention Spirit Quest, yeah, <laughs> and that's cool. which we did, and the and the the cruise, which is yeah. in December. Uh, they can always contact me or go to the Crystal Skull Event dot com, and of course the Egypt trip. <laughs> 
they could they could email me. They go to my Facebook. Uh, this is all on your website, Jane Doherty. Yes. Yeah. All right, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there'll be more. We're, we're, they're doing a new, uh, the company, the international company that contacted me is going to be doing a new website, and it's all going to be there, and, and we're adding it to my website, more information. So it's there. As I said, the date was just set last Thursday. So Yeah, then it makes this thing. Well, Jane, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show, and I look forward to meeting you again up in July 27th through the 29th up at Spirit Quest, and I know we'll have a good time. Oh, yes, yeah, definitely. I can't wait. It's going to be wonderful. Right. Definitely looking forward to meeting you, Jane. Can't wait. Same here. Same Thank here. you, Jane. Good night, Jane. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Good night. Good night. Well, that show went down the tubes pretty quick. Well, so it's that's time what happens to... when you're involved. Yeah, <laughs> thanks a lot. So, anyways, uh, Cameron, thank you so much for filling in for Ann and... Uh, you know, I will see you Saturday because we're doing Haunted Lighthouse tours together, aren't we? Yeah, in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Right, and for benefit of the Portsmouth Lighthouse, you can go on the uh, our website, the neghostproject.com. That's letter N dot letter E, ghostproject.com, and all our events are listed there. So it's time to uh, wrap it up and uh, say goodnight. So till next week, goodnight and God bless everyone. Good night, everyone. From ghoulies to ghosties, long-legged beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.